0: I know, I know, I know. Everybody wants to know where the fuck is Darrell been?
1: This is a true story. To find out what happens happens when people stop being polite, Start getting.
0: Welcome to another episode of The Real World. Um, I guess I should start by apologizing for my absence for a while. I know my, rec- uh, my releases have been a little sporadic lately. One of the reasons for that, and I'll just keep it honestly really honest, I had podcast block. I guess that's going to be me and my modified version of um, writer's block. But a lot of the stuff that I was listening to when I was reading started to sound the same. I wasn't really inspired by none of the events that were kind of going on live. My life was kind of humming along, but I didn't think it was anything that I could really share to kind of, you know, build off of and make content. And so because of that, I probably lacked the motivation needed to have a successful podcast. Um, I recorded a few times and honestly, when I listened to it, it wasn't something that I was proud of. And I think that I've gotten to a point where there's a certain kind of content that I want to provide to everybody to keep you tuned in. So if I can't give you what I at least assume to be my best effort and something worthy of you to spend 20 to 30 minutes with me, what's the point of me even doing it? Like I can release something just for the sake of it. But again, I want to have you engaged with me and to build something that's real, and not just something just for the sake of saying, hey, I got, you know, however many listeners this week, so, uh, again, apologies to everybody for that, um, I'm back on my regular schedule program, uh, I promise to do a little bit better going forward, but, um, dog days of summer, I guess, kind of get to everybody, so, I'll start by giving kind of like an update on my life and some of the crazy shit that I've been through, or at least things that people have reached out to me and over the last few weeks I've not addressed. So there was a period where there was a, uh, I guess, a particular topic that I touched on on my pod where I had mentioned that at work I was having a rough time with a new job. Um, Boss didn't like my style of dress. Uh, And at the time I thought I was dressed appropriate for business casual Funny enough Me and said boss had a come to Jesus moment I don't use that term loosely um, But I think that It's kind of crazy when you see the way that people perceive you Right A lot of things perception trumps reality with And My boss Or the person that hired me um, is a southern kind of older gentleman black guy really smart but he has high expectations he's not the kind of person that keeps praise upon people when they do things what drew me to the job and not necessarily it wasn't about the money it was one the challenge B it was the growth that I thought I'd get from said challenge And if I keep it all the way real, it's probably C being him. I thought that I could specifically learn a lot from this individual. And while I don't know if he'll ever listen to my podcast or I don't want him to, um, he thought that I was distracted at work. I told a few people I podcast, you know, something as a hobby. And he mentioned, like, I don't know if you're staying up late podcasting, but I feel like when you're here, you're not engaged. I expect more of you. I expect you to be one of my pillars. When I met you, there was something special about you. I knew you were brilliant, but I need to see that. And right now, I feel like I'm not getting that from you. Now, to be fair to me, I'm currently working on a project that's been struggling along. It's not It's hard to say that it's not my fault, because by saying that, it absolves me of blame. And not that I should have blame, but when you join the team and things aren't going well, it's everybody's fault. So a lot of that energy that got directed towards me was based upon that. We had our moment where we were able to speak and kind of talk about things, clear the air. And literally ever since that day, um, there's been a whole new energy. I guess why bringing this person up is super, I'll even say uh, it's not necessarily important, but why it's something that I think is ironic um, he used to give me the the Kanye versus everybody versus the media kind of look. He's smiling, laughing when he's talking to people that he knows. The, that he, the minute that he noticed that you're the person looking at him, smile went away, scowl came on his face. You could just tell my man was disgusted by the sight of me. But he would see glimpses of why he thought I was great. So we had this moment. We were able to clear the air for some things. And honestly, because of that, I think that I'm in the position that I'm in now where I feel really good about work. I say that story to just say perception really does trump reality a lot of times. It's not that I'm giving any more effort because I gave really good effort previously. He just couldn't see past it because his perception was that I wasn't doing what he needed me to do or being the person that he wanted me to be. So, um... That's just a quick kind of update on me. Uh, I had the chance to speak to a friend of mine where I gave him a call at lunch. Um, Crazy thing that he he kind of brought up and it was something that challenged my own thoughts on myself. It's funny again how people perceive you versus how you perceive yourself. This happens to be a theme of this podcast for a reason and I'm going to kind of try to tie all of this together as we get through it. His perception of me was that I was really secretive and I didn't share much of myself. And that kind of took me aback for a second because when I think about it, well, hell, I have a podcast. I speak on stuff all of the time. I share parts of my life that I'm not necessarily comfortable with, but because I feel like it's good for me and it's good for my platform, I'm okay with it. That got me to thinking about my own story and why I'm probably at least perceived to be secretive. I was talking to another friend of mine, and the conversation kind of revolved around Father's Day. Those who may not know or those who do know, I'm not particularly close with my dad. I'm my dad's only child. Um, I know my dad loves me in his own way we don't really rock or see eye to eye. As a kid, it was really hard for me to go through this and experience it. Not that my dad wasn't there, but to be honest, that my dad has pretty much been in and out of prison uh, for most of my lifetime. And as a kid, uh, if I'm honest, that was something that I was really ashamed of. I never wanted to discuss it. I didn't want to share it with anybody. didn't want to talk about it. I felt that people would look at me and judge me differently or think less of me based on the sins of my father. And if I'm real, it took me a long time to get over that. I don't think I became comfortable with being okay with being me and what he's done until I was, you know, well within my 30s. Now, you gotta think about that for a second. I'm a grown ass man and I'm scared to talk about my father. Because I don't want people to look at me and be like, oh, what a poor situation. Look at this guy. The perception, again, is that people who typically have single parent households, who maybe, you know, one parent's been in and out of jail. They're perceived to have certain social issues or be less than. I always grew up thinking that I was the hot shit. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy, but there was a borderline arrogance. And. Nah, let me keep it all the way real. I was arrogant as hell because I knew what I could do. I knew what I was capable of. And because I felt strongly about my own abilities, that's why I felt that I could overcome anything. I never looked at my dad not being around as as an obstacle or as a challenge. For me, it was the thought of what my dad did and how people would look at me, which was the obstacle. And because of that... I chose not to share certain parts of my life with people, no matter how close or cool we are. This is probably what my boy was talking about. This is probably why Dio wanted to tell me. Yeah, shout out. I'm going to give him a shout. Look him up at the, the, uh, the art hype on Instagram. But this is what he's talking about when he's like, yo, I feel like you're secretive. My perception has never been that I was secretive, it was that I didn't want to talk about things that painted me in a negative way. I am okay with any of my friends calling me on my bullshit when I do something, but there were certain parts of my life that I didn't necessarily want to touch because it was sensitive to me. That just shows you that there are a lot of times that perception, again, trumps reality. I don't know which is true when I say reality. But I certainly would never want any of my friends to feel that I wasn't able to share things with them or to be open with them or to be just different in myself. Now, you want to know where all of this talk about me kind of relates to some of the things that have gone on in pop culture? I could talk about Donald Trump, um, but I think my podcast has been way doper since I decided not to. I don't get political anymore. I could talk about who I thought won the Pusha T, Drake slash Kanye beef. And while that probably would be a little cooler to do, I wanted to talk about it from the respect of how Drake having a photo in blackface caused him to not only not have to respond via rap, but how he had to write a press release and get, you know, real outside help to help him explain kind of what happened. The perception again was that, wow, why would somebody who, you know, for all intents and purposes, he probably took this photo while he was Jimmy from Degrassi do something like that? Now, it's a crazy backstory about these kids that had a brand in Canada that was very satirical. Blackface was one of the things, and it had something to do with that. But because of the seriousness of the image that we associate with people in Blackface, and the history and the racism behind it It's very hard to explain that to a black man Who's not Damon Wayne's Playing Mantan In uh, Bamboozle I haven't seen Bamboozle Since 1999-2000 When I bought the DVD Used to play it through you know, My PS2 uh, <laughs> Had the Sony Iowa um, Surround sound system Not Sony Iowa But had the Iowa surround sound system In my dorm room and that's how we watched it. But I say all of that to say there was an artistic value that we could kind of associate with that. So we never judge him of that. Drake's always been looked at as somebody that was different. you know. He's Jewish. He's Canadian. He's half black, but that also means that he's half white. So because the perception is he can't, he may not be one of us. I think he was forced to answer stuff and to specifically address his blackness in ways that he may not have ever thought he had to do. There's a certain duality that people who are biracial have to deal with. I don't know shit about that because I'm somebody who, when I ran the uh, 23andMe test, I came back, I believe it was something like 83% African. (laughs) Like, my ancestry is heavy from Africa. I am a black man straight up and down. Um, I hate that they didn't really break it down. Other than I'm, you know, uh, West African. I don't really know from where. I have some Indian in my family. I have some Asian in my family, and then whatever the master mixed me with. Because apparently my my father's people came through the Bahamas. That's the way Twenty Three explains it. But I say all of that to say, Drake clearly struggles with identity issues. Especially when it comes to just black people. Like, sure, we look at him as like an Albie Short type of dude. But on the real, when you look like him, you're different like him. And I'm not saying that it's anything wrong with him being him. These cause you to answer questions that you may not be comfortable or, frankly, you're equipped to do. Look at Drake's inner circle. They're all Jewish kids. They're all Canadian. Outside of Wayne, (laughs) like... He's not running around with a lot of people that look like you and I. Again, that's not causing an identity issue, but dealing with race in America is a completely separate thing from dealing with race in other countries. I'm not saying that there's not racism in Canada. I've never really been to Toronto. I don't know how they get down. I also don't really understand being Jewish and being black. But I say all of that to say. There's some real questions that needed to be answered by most people in the public after they saw these photos where he couldn't even respond on wax because he was so afraid of saying the wrong thing and potentially alienating his fan base. It's a crazy thing when you think of the perception of that. The fact that Pusha T was able to capitalize on it and find it, that was the ether. Who the fuck saw that coming? I thought he'd give him some bars. I didn't think he'd actually be able to beat Drake in the imagery and why, you know, um, where Drake would have the advantage being a millennial. So it's a little, (laughs) it ties, I tie all of this in together with just how the perception of these things completely changes the dynamic and the way that we're addressing it. I think that when it comes to perception, and let me drum roll. I'm gonna keep it all the way real again, and I probably should coin the phrase I'm gonna keep it all the way real, but a lot of my friends have wanted to give me shit about not necessarily wanting to listen to Ye. And I'll be honest. I, list, I have Apple Music, I listened to it once, I didn't listen to Kids See Ghosts yet, but a lot of people question why I have a, such a hardline stance on Kanye's rhetoric and the things that he says, versus the music that he's releasing. The truth of the matter is, we know Ye can make some beats. I'm not going to say he's the most talented lyricist because he has writers in the room, but he knows how to make that sound knock. And while I listen to Push the T, and again, by extension, I'm supporting Kanye West because, honestly, I think that that part of his craft is strong. It might sound contradictory, or it may even take away some of why I feel the way that I feel. But if I felt that the rest of Ye's craft was as strong as his beats, I probably would overlook a lot of shit. I know that that sounds crazy. But that's the honesty in it. If I thought that he could honestly make another Diamonds from Sierra Leone, I might be able to put up with him saying, let me put my MAGA hat on. I know for a fact that I still listen to Summertime by Miles Davis, even though he used to beat on, you know, the African-American treasure that is Cicely Tyson. That lady has lived through everything. I first remember her playing Miss Jane Pittman, in some old, you know, movie that was shown to me in elementary school, where I want to say it was one of the first color movies that black people were in, but as somebody who's been around and looks as good as she does at the age that she is and all of the things that she's gone through, and I'm not even talking from her personal relationships, but just living through the civil rights era, living through Jim Crow, she was around through all of these things, and because of that, I never stopped listening to Miles. I can put on kind of blue right now and zone out and not think anything of it. So why do I hold Ye to a different standard than I do somebody who, you know, they're on record for doing heinous things? If I keep it real, I still think the candy, uh, is it Candy Factory? Knox from R. Kelly. I haven't listened to 12 playing years, but I'm pretty sure I listened to TP2.com. Maybe a few years ago. See, there's all of these things that we could use as contradictions. And again, I know I'm going to get killed by this. Because there are people in my group that like to be trolls. But I got to be honest about at least my own intentions. Of why I'm doing some of the things that I'm doing. I can't tell other people why they should or they shouldn't. Kind of represent for something. Why they shouldn't say that, hey, this is something I want to check out or listen to. I can't be your moral compass. I can give you information to the best of my ability and to try to be honest with my own feelings. But at the end of the day, you got to make your own decisions. This goes for people who want to still boycott the NFL. Like it's real hard for me to see in a real world that if we look at it, there are plenty of things that happen morally from a world perspective that we ignore because it's convenient. Capitalism at its most heinous is probably something that's super cruel. We allow corporations like Walmart to exist specifically to exploit people and ma- kind of extract maximum profits over things instead of putting that over people. But plenty of people still go to Walmart. We're all okay with stepping in Jordans and Nike shoes even though these are made in these sweat factories in China and smaller countries. Like it's so much stuff that we decide that we don't necessarily want to talk about or touch because we like the brand or we like the item. I'm not immune to that because you literally just heard me say, if Ye probably was spitting the way that I wanted him to, I will probably still want to listen to. So because I don't have all of the answers, the only thing that I could offer is that people have to figure out what works for them. I recently started listening to Fabulous again because I heard a few tracks from the Soul Tape play randomly through my Apple Music favorites that are just for me. I didn't make the playlist, I didn't set the playlist, but Apple knew to play exactly which songs I really liked from that album. Slow Down probably was my favorite song of what is that 2011? used to listen to it every day. So when you go through these things. you have these experiences. Or you see these things. We instantly have to describe. Or at least discern for ourselves. Is the perception worth the reality? Or does the perception match the reality? Excuse me. Perception is. Kanye is a horrible person. Because he wore a MAGA hat. Truth is. He's not moving the needle for anybody but himself. It's probably a point for him because he now has a bunch of publicity. Truth is, or perception is, Fab did something to his fiancé, baby mom, living partner, whatever they want to call themselves. Truth is, we don't actually have proof and we've never seen any photos. And so because of that, a lot of people are going to decide that it's not something that's worth them discussing. Nas is in my top five. But when Khalif said that they used to get into it, did anybody stop to say, I'm not going to listen to Nas next week? Nas is the same dude who didn't want to hear from Budweiser on MTV. Um, shoot, I can't even remember the name of the show. But they were driving in the back of the uh, the whip. Budweiser called him up and said, we want to do a deal. And he's like, nah. Now my man is spokesperson for Hennessy in the USA. It just goes to show you, everybody decides what their own morality and what their lines are and how they want to be perceived. He didn't want to be the dude that was pushing liquor. Now he's the dude pushing liquor. T. I. was always the guy that was the rubber band man or pushing big guns or drug dealing and slinging in the trap. Now he's the political voice of a bunch of people who we would have never thought about People look to him as an actual leader for movements to get started, even though he frequently says, I don't know what I'm doing myself, but I know that I must do something. I can respect a person that's shown some growth and that's changed to do something for people that are just, you know, other than himself. The selflessness of that is what's really powerful. So while we listen to all of this, and you listen to me, if we haven't gotten anything else from this episode, I wanted everybody to take perception being a thing. Figure out how you want people to perceive you. Figure out what perception you give off by your actions. Do your actions match the perception of how people see you? If they don't, You probably should take inventory on some of the things that you're doing to give people the reactions that they're getting. Ultimately, we can only be responsible for ourselves. People don't look at me and say, oh, well, you know, I thought you would be worse because you're black. You might. That could be the perception. But the reality is, if you get the chance to know me, you'll know me as me being me. I think that I'm cool. Some people might say I'm corny, whatever. Think that I'm a pretty smart guy. Like, I can start checking off a bunch of boxes, but then you're going to listen to me talk for mad long about nothing. And I'm not really trying to make it about myself. Um, I don't know what episode this is that I'm releasing. And I know that that's a crazy thing. But I've played around with this number so much. So, when I finally get the chance to release this, I hope you guys enjoy. Um... This episode is going to be a little longer because I got a, a a really cool set from a dope DJ that I met on Instagram. I want to give a shout out to my homegirl, um, DJ Don. I thought that what made her mix interesting was because it was feminine, but it was real cool. So uh, I guess this is my version of Women Crush Wednesdays listen to this, enjoy it. Um feel free to hit her up online. Uh you can find her on IG at DJ Sean Don. There might be I you know, an underscore or something in it, but all of her information will be in my bio. Um I check for her when she's in town. Uh she travels around to do this for real, so let me know what you think. Um this episode will be dropping on Wednesday, January Ooh, I said January. Wednesday, June 13th. Thanks again for having me, for letting me come into your homes, through your earwaves, and we out. This is the Rail world.
2: When the belt buckle loosen up Undress oh, 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 oh. me Already juiced up That come naturally wet On and off So roll No woman make a slow dance A slow down Like I can't
1: I'm an optimist. Man, keep it door real. I'm a prophetess. Okay. So at least you took an L off your bucket list. It's time to make hits and it's time to diss. How you still diss and still can't find some hits? Okay. Was it worth it? Dummy, I ain't mind a bit. Still on that show getting no chips. Time to dip. Yeah, Still fly, Just back the white guy. Okay, you Richie like guy, and I still eat Thai. With the Mickey cheat code? Come on, bitch, nice try. Let's be real. Well, you bitches wanna look like me. Wanna be in demand, get look like me. Wanna run up in the lab and cook like me. But ain't near you hoes, pussy good like me. Pussy so good as ex wanna still fight me. They so pretty, bitches, wish they could slice me. She just mad cause he never bought a ice like me all my niggas off, but they were still with right me. Bad bitches, tell their team, make them like Barbie. Had to come off IG so they can't stop me. All they do is copy, look, still music too. Want to see what bitches do when they lose the blue print. I mean, a pink print. Ho, let it sink in. I spoke to Jay the other day, still a kingpin. He's still the only nigga that I would've signed to. If I ain't signed a Wayne perfectly designed crew. Cause we the big three, don't need a big speech. We made the biggest impact. Check the spreadsheet. That's Weezy, to Barbie, and Drizzy Drake. Niggas getting more cheese.
3: Everybody
0: outside, everybody outside. When I pull up outside, all night Everybody high five, everybody wanna smile, everybody wanna lie. That's nice no. Oh now you wanna chill, oh now you wanna build, oh now you got the bill, that's cool. Though. Oh now you got the got to go, oh, now you wanna laugh, oh now you need to key the cap. Oh all you do is talk. I ain't got shit to say. Can't no one get in my car. I don't even ballet Long discussions, oh you my cousin? No you wasn't You just wanna ride, you just wanna, you just wanna talk you just about wanna politics, Chicago shit, you and you rock and shit. You
3: with my